Shalom, this is Yara Ben Emmet again for the podcast Torah Watchman Edition, talking about the problem with Jews and Poland. Yes, what is going on with Poland's current government and president not, uh, today? Well, let's get let's get this discussion on going. First about this Yara Ben Emmet. For anyone that are new subscribers that that my subscribers have shared you to, you may not know who I am. I'm an Orthodox Hasidic Jew living in Maryland of the United States. I live in an era for my Orthodox family. And I I am very knowledgeable of geopolitics because I always pay attention to the devil and the details. I'm your roaming news reporter. And I rarely, rarely give you my opinion on something unless it's a concluding remark that I make to my podcast. And I will do my best to remember to qualify that as my opinion and not um, a um, vetted source. All of the information I'm about to give you is historical data. It's vetted through multiple sources. And I will literally will be reading this report to you as my synopsis for this podcast. So let's get started. God bless you. God love you. Whatever's going on in your life, just know that this ascetic Jew cares about who and what you are, what you're going through in your life, no matter what's happening. Know that only God can judge you, not me, not anyone else. I'm no better than you because I'm Jewish. But as a Torah watchman, I am mandated by the king of the universe to get the message of truth out to you, the Emmet truth. So let's get started. Again, we're talking about, we're talking about Jews. We're talking about Poland. And currently I've read an article and it's about reparations for Holocaust Jews uh, requests going to the, the, the government, government channels in Poland. There are, of course, Jewish communities in Poland today. They are bona fide citizens of Poland, just as much as Irish or Scottish or German or French or whatever people that are living in Poland today, okay? It's a multi-ethnic group of people that live in Poland, okay? Um, so they have as much right entitlement under their constitution in Poland, I have not read it, admittedly, uh, to demand reparations, ask request for reparations, or file a formal complaint of, of anti-Semitism and discrimination and things of that nature. Okay? Now, let's go back in history a little bit to have everything in context. Jews lived in the land known as Poland today for 800 years up to 1939, okay? Um, before Poland was known as Poland, uh, before it was nationalized in the territories as you know it today, Poland actually used to extend into the northern parts of what's Ukraine today before World War II, not Germane. But get this, there were Jews, ethnic Jews, living in the land of Poland before Poland became Poland. So there were Jews that are buried in cemeteries there that predate so-called nationalist Poles of the day. So I believe um, their ancestry there in Poland gives them a little bit more weight in their arguments. That's my opinion. And you can go with the flow as I read this to you. 
So we're talking about 800 years of history, shared history with the people living in Poland over that period of time. Now up into about the eve of the occupation, uh, Germany was advancing into France and Poland uh, around 1939, I believe. Uh, there were about 3.3 million Jews living in Poland. Uh, it happened to be the largest Jewish population in Europe by far lived in Poland. Why did they choose Poland uh, than any other area in Europe? Probably because um, the fairness and they were not messed with, they were not harassed, they were not discriminated against during that 800 year period, okay? Of course, if you go through generations of time in which you say goodbye to your loved ones, they pass away, you bury them, and then you have these Torahs that are historical too, and you don't want to abandon the synagogue, you don't want to marry, you don't want to uh, abandon the cemeteries of your of your of your ancestors, your mothers and fathers and great grandparents and so on, a blessed memory. So you you have ties to the land there, okay? Of course, uh, during this period, uh, Jews were not even allowed to live in Israel. Uh, that was not nationalized as usual before 1948, not Germain. But anyway, uh, their percentage was among general populations about 10% was the highest in all Europe. So 10% of all Jews living in Europe chose Poland as a home. So after the uh, conquest of Poland by Germany and, about, and the Soviet Union, the Soviet Union signed some sort of treaty of non-combat non, uh, treaty, a non-aggressor kind of treaty there. A lot of things were going uh, back and forth with uh, Hitler uh, for control of the land. So, you know, they made a deal. You said, we're going to give you the southern part of Poland, which is northern uh, Ukraine today, if you help us invade uh, Poland. So a lot of things happen. You need to happen when you invade a country, right? You need a logistical military support system. You need a supply tr uh, chain. Uh, you need to have uh, troops on the ground. And you also need to have people on the other end willing to work with you, like Benedict Arnold. And that's where I'm going here. So they occupied um, Poland, at least uh, beginning to occupy Poland. Um, this is um, before uh, the Jews were rounded up and taken away to detention camps, slave camps, uh, gas chambers and all this, they were moved uh, out of their homes. So they lost all their property, they lost all their real estate, all their gold or silver or precious gems and everything else, paintings and all this stuff they had for escrow, uh, for safekeeping over hundreds of years. They lost all of this. They had to leave their homes immediately and be round up and put in some of the poorest neighborhoods uh, in Poland known as ghettos, and that's where the word ghetto comes from. And it's not a black term, believe it or not. It's something uh, that's spoken among Yiddish, um, you know, to refer to a substandard neighborhood for Jews. It's Jewish enclave. You can call it an Arab if you want to, but it's a place that they put uh, the less, less respectable people of less repute they put them there, okay, as a holding area. They actually put big fences and gates to lock them in. They had to stay there. So this was around June of 1941, after the German invasion uh, of um, Soviet Union. So there was a lot of things happening at this time. 
Soviet Union worked with the Germans initially to gain territory and land, but then the Germans broke their promises the Soviet Union. They, uh, they broke the promises for giving certain land over to Soviet Union, and of course Soviet Union reneged. And so what did Germany, Germany does? They invade Soviet Union too. So all this was happening by June 1941. So uh, the Germans began to imprison the rest of the Polish Jewry in ghettos and deport them to concentration and slave labor camps. Okay, and then we're talking about men, women, and children uh, in this. Now, a historian, John Connolly, wrote that the vast majority of ethnic Poles showed indifference, apathy toward the fate of Jews. And that goes in converse to what the president of Poland says, we owe you nothing, Jews. Um, rapacious Jews. I cannot believe the language I read today. It's, it comes out of one of Martin Luther's books and before he died, really hating the Jewry during that time. Um, but but the, the Polish president was really speaking harshly against the Jews. We owe you nothing. We were all victims during the war. We all lost something. And uh, they referred to the genocide of Jews in Poland as imaginary fantasy. So uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, I'm reporting what, he, what the government uh, uh, officials said on behalf of the president there. So the president rejects all reparation by Jews living in Poland today, from what I'm reading here. So um, uh, Polish uh, heterography has hesitated to view complicity in the um, Holocaust of Jews. This has been an ongoing political um, uh, debate today between Israel, the Jewish people throughout the world, and people living in Poland, okay? It's still uh, up for debate now. So instead of viewing it as a form of society's demoralization, Klaus Peter Frederick uh, wrote the most, that most Poles adopted a policy of wait and see in the eyes of the Jewish population. So you did not, if you were a Jew living in Poland in the 1940s, early, early 1940s, 1939, uh, before the major German invasion uh, by 1941, how did you know you could trust your neighbor who was not Jewish? How did you know? Um, but a lot of these people that surrounded the Jews, they were kind of wait and see. Uh, they wanted to be on the side of the winners and not on the side of the losers, and they perceived that all the Jews there were going to be targeted by a German that didn't want to be on the side of the Jews, okay? So this was what was happening during that time. So according to historian uh, Gunnar S. Paulison, uh, in occupied Warsaw, a city of 1.3 million, including 350,000 Jews before the war, some 3,000 to 4,000 Poles acted as blackmailers and informants. Uh, there were people known as the Blue Police who helped round up Jews on behalf of the Germans, the Nazis, who turned Jews, Jews and fellow Poles that tried to help the Jews and hide them in their attics and basement. They turned them into to the Germans too. Um, so, um, Gazarez uh, Berendit, I'm sorry if I mispronounced the name, estimates the number of Polish citizens who participated in the anti-Jewish actions as being a group of dozens of thousands of individuals. So, tens of, tens of thousands of conspirators working on behalf of the German Nazi occupation force there were helping the, the, I'm sorry, helping the Nazis to round up the Jews. 
Logistically, it would have been impossible for a population as large as Poland uh, for the German army, and you're talking about Germany started as one small country in, in Northern Europe, to round up all these people, you imagine all the troops they would have to have in Poland just to do this themselves as individuals, because they had, they were, they were occupying other countries as well. They were fighting a, a dual war with Soviet Union. And of course, the Allied forces were, you know, Great Britain. They were fighting them too. So they had to pay off and depend on on Polish people to be cons- uh, to to be constricted in, uh, into their army conspirators betraying the Jewish faith and trust of people that lived in that area for 800 years to hand them off to, to the uh, Germans. This is w- the main crux of the argument between the Jews living in Poland today and arguing for re- reparations from the Polish government in authority today. So again, uh, a very sad indictment against um, the, uh, the Jews living in Europe. Um, um, approximately uh, 1.8 million Jews uh, were in Poland at one time, and that number was reduced to about 330,000 that actually survived, I guess, in a slave camps. A lot of these Jews were Orthodox, rabbis, and Hasidic Jews. Uh, Jews like me with a black hat, the uh, black capote, black big long uh, black trench coats, and peyote. You know uh, the the elongated sideburns that we wear, or whatever. So I thought I thought the story may be interesting for you. It is um, scandalous in Poland right now. Uh, there's an increased nationalist movement throughout Europe right now. That is increasingly white supremacists. If you're looking for white supremacists, uh, Mr. President, please look in Europe. They're there right now. Ukraine is the worst in white supremacy and with a neo-Nazi movement that's ongoing in Ukraine today. So anyway, this is the Torah Torah Watchman for this podcast. Wrapping us up. Shalom Aleichem to you. Please share the wealth of love and knowledge that I'm imparting through these podcasts to all your friends and neighbors, okay? Go out to the YouTube, to, to the Word and Board, Yarb and Emmett, search for me. I have a lot of great um, uh, videos there too, multimedia, high definition, remastered uh, for your mobile phone, and they're closed captioning too. Please let people know that I'm out there. I'm a wa- I'm a I'm a watchman on the hill. When I see something happening along the horizon, I will be the first to report it to you. Don't worry about Ben, uh, ben Shapiro. You know I'm not confused about the existence of my soul. I will tell you the image truth as much as I know it be true, and I will always explain uh, my reasoning to you. Take care. Goodbye. Y'all have been Emmett signing out.